Oh shit, this is Neil Brennan. You're fucking with the champs. My mic is fucked up this episode. I'm gonna say it's a tribute to the Beastie Boys, but it's fucked up. Uh, here's some dates. I'm gonna be in Denver, May 24th through 27th at the Comedy Works. Fuck with me there. And then I'm gonna be in Baltimore, um, June 7th, 8th, and 9th. So fuck with me there. And then I'm gonna be in Providence on June 15th. Fuck with me there. Moshe? Yo, it's Moshe Kasher. Hi, everybody. I'm gonna be at the Pittsburgh Improv the weekend of the 31st through the uh, 3rd of June. And then I'll be over at the Denver Comedy Works myself uh, that's that next weekend in June. And uh, stay tuned for major updates from the life of Moshe Kasher. Uh-oh. Hey, this is DJ Doug Pound. I will be in Seattle this weekend, May 17th, 18th, 19th, at the... Comedy Underground. Comedy Underground. So go nice. fuck with Doug. Uh, so go fuck with Doug. Yeah. Are we ready? Ladies and gentlemen. Let's start the show, guys. Twelve. Now, you're fucking with the chance. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Professional fade for you. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, you are once again fucking with the one and only Champs yeah. Legendary Podcast. We have been on a little teeny bit of a break, but we are back in full effect. It's Moshe Kasher. You know me. I'm the one that sounds like the next guy. Neil Brennan. <laughs> Can Neil I Brennan. run this bitch and not... Uh, Doug? Doug Pound is in the mix. Say hello, Doug. What? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Doug, just as, just as on time as ever. Rusty. And, and our, and our <laughs> guest today. Yeah, what a treat this, this is. This is a fucking coup, just ladies a, and gentlemen. Just, just a strange confluence of occurrences led to our guest being here today. Very exciting. I had dinner with him just the other day, the first time I ever met him. And the second time I met him, he's fucking with the champs. He's the legendary MC from the Fugees and beyond. It's Proz, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's Proz, Yeah. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, perfect. What's That's up, perfect timing, Frost. Yeah, that shit was that shit was very hot. Very, very uh, I mean where we be how first of all, tell us about this dinner. Well, I all I know is me and Chelsea Peretti were going out to eat and we're old friends, Chelsea and I. And we went to junior high together and then she arrived to pick me up at the Meltdown Comedy Show and was like, Yo, I've got pros in the car and I was like, Come Holy on, shit. stop fu- yeah, I was like, Stop fucking with me and then we all went out to eat. It was a very interesting how did you feel about it? Did you feel weirded out that you were eating with a bunch of strangers? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she told me, yeah, I'm going to meet my friend. Then, you know, it took us forever to figure out where we were going to eat because it was late. Right. Everything in California shuts down early. That's the shit I hate about L.A., but it's all good. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I see how many, well, it was two white boys, you know. You're not talking about me. I'm, you don't consider me a white boy, right? <laughs> all right. So two white boys and a comedian, you know. <laughs> And so we go to this um, what was it, Brazilian spot? Yeah, we had a br- we had Brazilian food. But yo, how crazy it was! It was pretty crazy. When your man walked in, my boy walked in. <laughs> We're sitting there eating, and I'm like, "Damn, I'm having dinner with Praz. I've listened to this guy since I was." What a could kid. possibly top this? What could possibly be more interesting, hip hop wise, than this? And in walks fucking Suge Knight, dude. Yo, exa- you see how the way he was staring at me? Oh, and oh, oh, and it was like, dude, in walks Suge Knight. And then everybody kind of looks, is that Suge Knight? And then, of course, it's Suge Knight. You don't go like, huh? Is that that's fucking Suge Knight? And he stopped and looked at Praz 
for a long time. Yeah. And I thought it was Does he want your royalties or something? What does he want? I thought it was on some hip hop I know you you're a rapper shit, but then it was a little too long. Yeah. Well I mean, um I don't really know Shook, but I had I ran into him a couple of times with some people some friends of mine who they weren't too cool with each other. Oh, you know what I mean? So I just I happened like to be you. Yeah. I just happened to be at that's there when you know, so I guess he probably like Oh, like guilt by association, or or yeah, like yeah. beef by association. I never really I had anything shook, you know. I, I mean, I like shook. Well, I liked him when he was doing the whole death row. You did like him. You like respected him. Or like he's doing good shit. I thought he was before it got out of hand, obviously, because you know I was uh, I was well, you don't know this, but I was really cool with Pac. Oh, you were. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it, this is when Pac first came out of jail and Death Row was, you know, really doing their thing. They was putting out some great music, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously... Was it a good thing that... Dr. Dre. Was it a good thing that, that should bail them out or paid his bail? Like, was that a cool move from your point of view? Depends on how you're looking at it. I mean, you know, um, Pac needed to get out. Right. And so, I mean, sure, one can argue that he took advantage of the situation, you know. Right. But look, at the end of the day, he gave him a, a out and for him to be able to express his. Career. And what was it? What was the deal? Yeah, he gave him. He paid a million bucks bail, and I, I he don't had know the logistics of the right. deal. I just know that uh, I know that the contract was written on the napkin. You know? <laughs> so you know it's a good deal. How did you meet Tupac? Interesting. Interestingly enough. There's a hotel on La Cienega that they use, all the record companies used to put the artists there, it used to be named Nico. And Nico, the hip hop hotel. Yeah. Hotel Nico. It's, the, uh, it's by the Beverly Center. Well, it's not SLS. Yeah. But it used to exactly. be Nico. But now, if you go, like, maybe, like, you cross the street going south of La Cienega, there's this building. The building's still there. It's a restaurant on the right hand side going south. It used to be a Jamaican restaurant called Coolies. All right. It was great. So this is, I think, around the time I think Pac was dating Jada. I think. Okay. Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith, who they, she was just Jada Pinkett back then. They went to high school together, Pac and Jada. Okay. Right. And so um, we ran into it. Now I saw him one time before, but we we didn't really like we just acknowledged each other just before he went to jail, and then um, we ran into each other and we just kind of like just started to talk and we just had a good vibe and we exchanged numbers and when he came out to L.A., you know. I mean, to New York, I receive him, you know, while he's doing his thing. You know, we just used to You'd pick him up at the airport. No, nah, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, how would you describe to him? Because I, I saw, I would see him at the comedy store, and it always struck me as a bit of a uh, loose cannon. People say he was manic depressive. I mean, he always seemed like a decent, de obviously he's a great rapper and a really good actor. But what, how, what, how did you know him? What did you think of him? I mean... He's a. I don't mean to get deep into this whole zodiac astrology, but he's a he's a Gemini, so and he's an artist. Those right. are two crazy combination, and so because um, I dealt with one, Lauren Hill. She's she's an artist and she's a Gemini. So they go back and forth depending on what day it is. You might run into Pac. You might run into Zach. You might run into you know, but every time I was with them, we were cool. 
Right. You know, I've like never had any beef with him, but he put a record out on me. You know, not on me, but on my group because the situation that happened, um, the first scenario that happened in in New York City, you know, the people that were involved, I knew those people. You know, so I guess he thought I was involved. When he got popped at the at the at the recording, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Then that was a time in hip hop when beef was just jumping off for no reason. I mean, you wouldn't Crazy. hardly have to and, do and, anything. You know, and people were like, Fuji's in Pac. Like, right. What the hell is where's that coming from? Because on his record, he's like, yeah, the Fuji's stuff. Uh, does he name you guys? He named the Fuji's. On, well, on, met, on Hit Him Up? He, yeah, not Hit Him Up, on uh, this other record. But he met me, because Lauren and Clef didn't know. <laughs> can, we, can we all get along? So, <laughs> so just to, so to, <laughs> to back up hip-hop-wise, because uh, uh, I feel like we jumped straight into the, into the deep end of the pool, can you tell us how you got started in hip-hop and what, what was your kind of impetus to get started and take us through your early years in Brooklyn? Basically, um, I grew up in, I was born in Brooklyn, grew up in New Jersey. And so, um, you know, hip hop, like, was, 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 I guess, born in front of me. You know, so I was from the school where, like, the sneakers, the Adidas, you either wore Adidas or Pumas. We used to, like, iron our shoelaces the way you tied it. <laughs> the lease, you know, you iron your pants, the gazelle. So I'm from that school. Like, the first record I ever heard was the Run DMC, Sucker MC record. I remember the first time hearing the first rap rap record on the radio. So, you know, I, I fell in love. Now, I grew up in a church, though. So, Got it. you know, every Sunday I'm in church singing in the choir. But my love is hip-hop. Right. So, um... And then I went I went to church with Wyclef. Like, we grew up together. He was in a different church, but we grew up together. And so he was three years older than me, so I couldn't go out when I was in grade school because my parents wouldn't allow me. But Wyclef had already kind of, like, was doing his hip-hop thing, and he was, like, very popular in the area. It was, like, him, Redman, Tretch from Naughty by Nature, Queen Latifah, they all came up. Just doing like little shows, places? Shows, local shows. Nobody at this point is is anybody. They're all just kids. Yeah, they're all just kids. But Uh but, but I remember them specifically because I remember Latifah, I know her manager, this guy named Shaquem, he used to ride around in this whack-ass BMW with these three naked girls on the side. Oh, that is fucking oh, whack. And he's managing Queen that Latifah. Is, that is, that that is like a powerful woman. Right. That's whack that's even funny. if you don't manage Queen Latifah. Yeah, yeah that's not so, um, But I remember Redman. I remember Tretch. Tretch was from a town called East Orange. So anyway, Was so Tretch a dangerous dude for real? As dangerous as far as what? I just mean his whole persona was this like rugged, like ju- junkyard kind of. He was a nut. he was a bit of a knucklehead, right? I mean, was he for real, or or can you, you know, not say? I mean, I, hey, no, it's not that. I don't know. I mean, I just remember the talent shows, and these guys were very prominent in right. the time, right? You know? And then so Wycliffe was very prominent because he used to do things that none of the other uh, other guys can do. Like he had that that reggae vibe with yeah. him. Uh-huh. And so back in the late eighties that was like, whoa, what the hell is that? And so anyway, so um he started a group and so I couldn't be a part of that obviously because I was too young. So when I got into high school, make a long story short, um I started So you would see them when you were in grade school? No man, I mean I used to know, you know he comes you know he come to church everybody be like oh man oh right he was like oh, a local, were, like, local celebrity you, like make fun of you you no, mean? not make fun of me but you're a square or something well I wasn't a square but oh sorry, well, sorry I was sorry. kind of like a square but I was a cool square <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 well we all were baby oh, yeah. we got it yeah stay cool square <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you know and so um anyway so but I know about the group because you know he'll play me the music they go to the studio we hear the demo so anyway when I got what was the name of the group it was called Exact Change. 
Exact change. Yeah. yeah, they were never gonna make it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's, so a so it's a horrible name. Before you got in, but from those early guys, who was the Stay hot ghetto. one? It was Wyclef. Everybody, who was the one? Everybody was like, "Oh shit, that dude's gonna be a star for sure." Well, you mean out of what? Out of, that, out of that posse of people that you saw. I mean, I I remember those. I mean, there was a lot of people that was right. hot back right. then. So you you didn't know because there was a lot of talent back then. So. They all had the, their vibe, but I remember those guys because, you know, obviously they came out and they, you know, amounted some form of success. Right, you know? totally. Okay, so then so then Exact Change got together, and then how did Prowls get involved with? Well, when I got into high school, um, I met this girl named Marcy. Um, she was incredible. I'm just slutty. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so... Um, she was she was half Italian, half black, beautiful um, girl. And so we started a group together. And then she introduced me to Lauren Hill. But Lauren Hill wasn't even in high school yet. She was in eighth grade. Uh-huh. And she sung for me, and I just fell in love with her. So it was myself, Marcy, and Lauren Hill. She, sang the, she sang the song from Sister Act, correct? This is before Sister this Act. Is, this is before Sister Act. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Oh, yeah. is it, but but post-Showtime uh, at the Apollo, Lauren Hill? Just gotten... Booed at the Apollo. Okay. <laughs> you ever seen that clip? Yeah, yeah. of course I have. It's uh, wonderful. So she got booed off at the Apollo? Well, she didn't get booed off, but she, she kind of won it. She kind of like, right? eh. Yeah. She right. eked it out. She, she like, little, there was like she a was tie. A little girl. It was amateur night? Yeah. yeah. Amateur night. Did Sandman sweep her away? No. No. But oh, if he had, you never would have heard about her. Right. Um, so, what was, the, Marcy was an MC or she sung? Singer. Uh-huh. She was incredible. So why bring Lauren Hill in if uh, you're still not over? It sounds like Marcy. <laughs> no, that's just the beginning. You know, I, you know, it's interesting. You know, when I never really, I don't remember the last time I told anyone this story, but um, it's interesting to see how, like, when you go back and you look how you started to where you at now. You know, like for example, there are a lot of people that went to my school. I didn't even know AJ. Well, I know AJ. AJ was in the same class as Lauren Hill. You know AJ, the uh-huh. host from... Um, AJ from 106 Park? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. And then Zach went to our school. Who's Zach? Is that Tupac? Hmm? No, no. Zach from um, Scrubs. That's his name? Oh, wow. Uh, you can't just say Zach and then we're going to be like, from Scrubs. Zach Pratt. <laughs> Zach from Scrubs. Oh, from Scrubs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zach Pratt. Yeah, we, so we, went to the, we all went to the same school. He's just a white boy to me, you know? Well, yeah. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, so, um, you know, we put the group together. That's a lot of famous people to come out of one school. I know, right? It's really interesting. And, and by the way, some random school in some suburbs in Jersey. Right. What yeah, that's like thing? Eddie Murphy and Howard Stern went to the same high school. Well, what do you think that's about, man? Was there some creative, like, department at that school? or Just like a freak of nature. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, just some, it's not like my school was not a performing arts school. So that's what makes it even, like. Crazy. It was a very like academic school, top ten in the country. You know, so you would think these people would be more like scholars. Right. Marcy, uh, Marcy, you're you're got some shit with Marcy. Marcy, if you're listening, by the way, Pros would love. Please to reach out to Pros. Please, Marcy, we yeah. beg of you, wherever you are. At Marcy on. Twitter. He's wearing a T-shirt that says, "Have you seen Marcy?" <laughs> Have you seen her? Have you seen me? And this picture of Marcy. It's your high school picture on a Marcy! milk card. Uh, so, so you met Lauren Hill, and you were like, "Damn, this is a star." Well, I don't, I don't know if I was thinking of, thinking of it like that, but uh, she definitely, and you know, it's interesting. When her and Marcy sung together, it was like the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was <laughs> The ghetto version of the Bee Gees. Right. Marcy, again, we need you. Yeah. Um, now, what? Damn. it was the Bee Gees in what? They just <laughs> harmonized well together? Yeah, the harmony was just great. 
Stay ghetto. Did they were they did they become friends? Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, they were to a certain extent when we were in the group, obviously, and then who was in this group? So it was myself, Marcy, and Lauren. Wow. So then Wyclef joined the group maybe a year and a half, two years later. Uh, and then so it was the four of us. And what were you guys called? At that time, we were called we were called the the Fujis and Marcy. <laughs> no. The Marfugis. We were called the Time. The Time. Yeah. Oh, oh was Marcy Morris Day? Morris Day. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be crazy. Uh, twist and did you guys story. not know if that Marcy you were, was in fact? Wait, Morris yeah, Day. was it was Morris Day in a wig? Okay, Before so the operation. This is crazy. This high saying school. That there's this beautiful Italian black girl named Marcy. She became Morris Day from Morris Day in the Time. God, that's fucking weird. And you guys didn't know like that we can't call ourselves the Time. That's the thing about high school bands. They always have terrible names that you can't have. I'm not making this. Up. Every yeah. band in from my high school was called Inside Out, and it's like you can't all yeah. be called Inside Out. Also, it's a terrible name. We were called the Fujis and Guns and Roses. Yeah, you that can't call yourself. Name. Yeah. Uh, wait, so you would. So you were in high school. Clef is out of school. Right. He graduated. And he's not going to college. He's just making music. Yeah. Let's just get to it. How did we get rid of Marcy? How did Marcy? <laughs> <laughs> how do we get Marcy out of this fucking group? Yeah, and would Marcy have made the group last longer? <laughs> if it were Marcy instead of Lauren, I think I think we don't this this podcast doesn't have I think you're on I think you're in Europe right I'm now. I'm gonna tell you something for real. Marcy if you Marcy listen, Lauren Hill is incredible. No, of course. Marcy, but she's no Marcy. <laughs> no, no, no bullshit. Marcy is like a little bit beyond Lauren. Wow. Whoa. Like, the fuck, real shit. Where is she? Listen, let me tell you something. Marcy first of all played oh, real like, shit? nine different instruments equally great like jump on the drums playing like she was fucking dude from Rolling Stones then she'll jump on the bass and play like she was Bootsy Collins then she'll jump on the guitar like she was Hendrix jump into Purple Rain and star and that shit she was just incredible and then she's pan flute to this day she's the only girl that I know that can hit them high notes like Mariah Carey and go low like me hmm like low. So where and pretty. So what happened? Did you fuck Marcy? Get Let's fuck just get to the real question. No, I never fucked Marcy. <laughs> Sorry. I hit that ass when I moved on, dog. <laughs> I never had a intimate relationship. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you know, we're going to use the fuck and cut out the intimate relationship. <laughs> yeah, we'll bleep, we'll bleep out intimate relationship. <laughs> we're uncomfortable with language like that. Because it's uh, it's too respectful to Marcy. Yeah. Where is she? So what happened? So what happened was senior year. Oh, it's always senior year, isn't it, guys? Marcy got pregnant. No. <laughs> she comes to me. She says, you know what, Prize? I love this group. It's great. Um, but if we don't get a record deal by the time we graduate, I got to go to college. Motherfucker, I'm mm. Marcy. So that's a lot of pressure. And you're also a senior in high school. Did you say, like, look, Marcy, I'm a fucking senior in high school. I can't get us a fucking Yo, record deal. Marcy. Well, was there some heat on you guys? Heat like how? Like industry heat at you know at, with the band the time or whatever. Minus twenty degrees heat. Like so non like a bunch of high school and Lawrence and oh, high school like we were you know I mean but you know who gives a fuck about high school you, right? Because you're talking about in an era where it's not like what it is today right? You could get heat just being right off of off video yeah. This is like your heat stays within. Five miles radius of right. where the heat is coming from. You know what I mean? It's just not going That's anywhere. Right. You know. But um, 
Bottom line is she left. We didn't get a deal before she graduated. Uh, wait, so, okay, so she left. So Marcy left. Mm-hmm. And did you guys have doubts about yourself as a group when she left? Were you like, uh, should we keep doing this or not? Um, no, not really. All right. Yeah, because of that, what else are they going to do? Like, we don't have Marcy? Well, how did you become the Fuji? Because I know where you uh, where you actually went to college as well. Right. And where? I went to college, too. And it's... it's Lauren went to Columbia. Yeah. Uh, and Where'd you go? went to a school perhaps better than Columbia. Go. Well, what school did I go to? Uh, the way you described it the other night Yale. was... Yale? The way he described it Were the other... Were you there? <laughs> no, he wasn't there. But I like the how you pronounce it, Yale. 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 Yo, I'm from the Yale. <laughs> I went no, to the Yale. Straight up prize. We were like, where did you go to college? You went... Um, I went to this school called Yale. We were like, yeah, we've heard of Yale. Yeah, we did you go to Yale? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I went to Yale and Ruckus. I That's did hilarious. my research. I did not know research whatsoever. Do you think you're the only... Did you go to Rutgers first? Yale first. Do you think you're the only MC ever to go to Yale? I, I'm, I think I'm the only musician because they did a write-up on me last year, and finally, I think I'm probably well. That's what they said the most well-known musician to come out of there. Not actor because my boy Ed Norton went there and everybody. Ed David Were you in Skull and Bones fraternity? Man, I would have loved to. They don't accept black people. Is that true? They don't accept black Especially people. Haitians. Really? Yeah. Real talk? That's true? No, I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I bet they're not like looking for black people. Well, I'll tell you that. I bet they're not like we got to recruit more right, black people like into this hundred-year-old secret society that's built on racism and capitalism and fucking skulls and bones. So how did you guys become the, the Fujis, a la Yale? I mean, what went down? Well, we were the Fujis. The name came about. You remember how we came up with the yeah. name? Yeah. No, I mean, how did you guys uh, form? Yeah, from the time to going to college to becoming well, what happened the beginnings is we had, we, of the Fujis. We we we. we, we it's a long story, but make a long story short, I got introduced to someone who, there was a girl in the school, in my classroom actually, who, you know, she was really into me, and so, but I wasn't into her, but she found it in her heart, she knew what I was trying to do, so she introduced me to her dad. Her dad happens to be the writer, producer, founder, creator of Cool in the Game. Wow. Whoa. Right? So. What's his name? Kali's Bayon. All right. Cool he, in the Gang, who he, just opened for Van Halen. Right. Yeah, I'm so he, wrote, he wrote all their records. Celebration. Oh, wow. oh he's very rich. Yeah, uh-huh. Wrote all of that. So, yeah. so Khalees, she introduced me to Khalees, and she had a boyfriend. So she introduced me to her, her brother, I mean, her, her father. And then, so I told him what I was trying to do. He just instantly took a liking to me for right. whatever reason. I can see it. You got a lot of charisma. We like you. Look, everybody likes you, press. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly enough, I, run, I ran into him again maybe like six months later at the supermarket. Of course. He remembered me. And he's like, what are you doing? Are you going to come up? You know. So anyway, so I go see him, you know, um, and then he signed us to the production deal. And then he, the us be, you, me, Wyclef, Lauren, and Marcy. Mar- the hologram of Marcy. <laughs> Marcy's hologram. <laughs> and then he introduced us. <laughs> now, what's funny, the studio where he where um, we recorded at, where his studio was at, he introduced us to the, he partnered up with this company called Lee Jam in Jersey. And that's where Eric Clapton recorded Crossroads. That's where Metallica, not Metallica, Meatloaf. <laughs> I could say I could make a, a lot of people. The, it was a studio? It was a nice studio in Jersey. It was Got a it. house of music. Okay. And so um, we signed to that production, and then they turned around and introduced us to the man who became our manager named David Sonnenberg, who now manages um, Black Eyed Peas, used to manage Joan Osborne. 
he won the Oscar for When We Were Kings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he just loved the group. He loved the concept, and he signed us. Oh, that's who that is. All right, because I was like, I know that name, and it's from When We Were Kings because I've watched it 40 times. You had an articulation. And you guys have that song at the end. Oh, I've watched When We Were Kings a thousand. I've watched it. Me and Chappelle saw it three times in theater. Like, we have to go see that. Like, it was fucking crazy. That's Uh, funny. Wait, so you guys already had an articulated idea of who you were as the Fugees, that you were going to be this kind of, like, uh, Haitian kind of, uh, you know, with some, like, reggae vibe, like, singing and rap. Like, you knew that, your identity at that point. It it, 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 kind of, like, evolved. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, we didn't have the name yet. The our original original name was this is some weird shit. The original name were the f- translators, because we had this song. See, this is how it all started. Wyclef had this song with his group, but then when he left his group, he went solo for a hot minute, right? And so he had he had one of the songs that I used to love that he couldn't use, but this is one of the songs he used to freestyle in school that made him very popular. All right, because he'll rap. And then he start flipping it in different languages. Oh, there you go. So oh, he'll go to Spanish, he'll go to French, and then so at that time, I would just. And that's like, that's one of those things that sounds really impressive as long as you don't speak the language he's doing. Yeah, right. Because I'm sure it's all just like gibberish in the language. <laughs> but you're like, oh fuck, he's flowing in French, and it's like, poo poo toilet. It's just all dumb French shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that was like on that on that uh, De La Soul uh, on Balloon Mindset. All of a sudden, they had these Japanese rappers, and you'd be like, yeah, this is. Oh, this I'm so fucking no, in. International, and you don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So anyway, so we did. So we he gave me the song, and we we reproduced that song, and it was called Rap Translators. That's how we came up with the name of the group, Translators. And now this is crazy. So we're going to go with the name Translators. So finally, we get our record deal with Rough House Columbia. Okay. We're the translators. They come back to us and say, you guys can't use that name. It's like, well, why not? Morris Day. Because it's... <laughs> no, but listen, there's a group that was signed to Columbia for 30 years. Whoa. That had not put out one record. But the label always loved them, and so they did not Whoa. want to let go of that name. How crazy is that? Maybe they're still signed. What, like no, what if they came out with an album next year and yeah, it was the it's hottest, like the hottest, hottest shit you've ever heard? What if yeah. they were literally translators for their label? Mm. They were not really a band. It was a record-keeping mistake. Another steering <laughs> observation. <laughs> a clerical error. That's what clerical you're error. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, you the, your first record wasn't that popular. It was Blood on Reality, correct? Yeah. That was. That didn't go. It wasn't that, didn't go that well. Did you guys feel like we, fuck it. I mean, you had a three record deal or whatever, six record deal. So you, they, were they going to drop you or anything? or that was We almost got dropped. Okay. Like uh, how close did it get? Very close. But I think someone at the label, the thing that we had it was. Drop! We had a, um, a great live performance. Mm. Right. So. That's funny. That's exactly what um, Quest was saying. Was that they, they they oh the roots like Questlove was on here and it was like they were they weren't gonna they, they weren't just went to Europe records and they just kept <laughs> they kept uh, sort of being pushed forward on the strength of their live show until they had some records pop exactly how the label did with us because I stay we, we were the only one who didn't have a hit record but we would kill the shows mm-hmm. right and so um, they were like All right, listen go back to the drawing board go do another album. And did you change your mo? Uh, did the did the lack of success put strain on the on the relationships? 
How did Marcy handle it? Marcy's gone at this point. <laughs> Marcy is like a non-factor. Okay. Yeah. All right. How how did how did how did success deal with who was like the optimist? I was. Okay. And what and was Lauren Hill thinking? Uh, you know, everyone. It's so funny. We all really believe like we had something. Well, you did right. have something. I mean, you no, did. but we, we we. I mean, this you never know how big it's going to be. But it's like we felt like, you know what? There's a synergy about us. And you definitely look like something. I remember that record and going like, these guys look like something. They look like, like look fa- have a famous. Yeah, situation. like they have yeah. like they. Be I've nice never seen anything like this before. It was definitely interesting back then, you know. But yeah, you know, and so. We were on life support, and what happened was my, um, I love my product manager at that time. His name is Jeff Burroughs. Big up to Jeff Burroughs. He's out here right now. Yeah, big up to Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. JB. He's still in music, right? Yeah, yeah. he works for, um, at, um, what's it called, 21 or 19? Oh, for what's the same? For Simon Cowell? Yeah. Yeah. Something he's doing with marketing branding, whatever. So anyway, so I remember going to Jeff, and I'm like, Jeff, man, this one Cypress Hill was on fire because we were on the same label. Rough house. Right. So I was like, Jeff, man, how come come we ain't at the Grammys? Like, the Cypress Hill, man, we need to be at the Grammys. He's like, yo, come to my office, boy. So I go to his office. He's like, let me tell you why you ain't at the Grammys. You motherfuckers whack. Damn. Wait, Jeff Burrow yeah. said this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, you motherfuckers whack? Yeah, yeah. He was said, he hood like that? He mean whack. He don't mean we were whack, but we had whack records. But was he ghetto like that? or is no, he, he like, was, But it was, it, he, no, he's definitely not ghetto. I love to think he, of some like Jewish he, executive. Like, yeah. Yeah. Jeff Burrow's whack. Jeff Burrow is like Hamptons, like real like sandals on the beach, you know, uh-huh. metrosexual, real sexy, you know, that's his vibe. So yeah. he's like, look, money, let me explain something to you. You, you. You're not hot right now. You, I'm going to have to fix you guys. That's what he said. He said, you need to fix it up. So then he hooked us up with this producer named Salam Remy. Dope uh-huh. producer. Yeah, Salam yeah. Remy. Great, great, great. And he gave us, he did a remix for us called Mona Lisa. Yeah. Oh, so that's, great. That's kind of like what got us out of the coma. Mm. And then the record company was like, ooh, you got like a medium, somewhat soft hit record. Go back in the studio. So we went back in the studio, and it just the score just. But you know what's funny? Making a score was like the best thing because how everyone would come through our studio. Akon, um, Erica Badu, um, Brett. Like it was, and this is kind of like before everyone really took 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 did, off. Did, I was listening to an Akon record the other day. Did you guys not think that Akon sounded like Clef? Like, it's the same thing to me. Not to me, you know. But he's on the album. He's on the score. No, I know. That's what I was listening to. I was like, why is this dude? Yeah. Like, it what sounds like this. Are you like a creative thing where two of the main creative people might sound similar, Neil? <laughs> I am. All right. It's And it's I, I've never, I've made it my life's goal <laughs> to end yes. something. So at the end of the score, when you finished the score, when you finished scoring the score, did you feel like, oh, my God, we just oh, made yeah. a fucking you, classic? You know, I'm gonna, oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. When, when we finished the score, I, I remember seeing sitting at the studio by myself and I listened to all the way down with the interludes and all that and I remember saying man this feels great it just felt like nothing out there it just you know you get look I mean you know we're all creative people you know you write things you do things you make music and you always think everything you do is hot and shit's not really hot but there's that moment when you capture magic Mm. right that you know like this shit is fucking great did you cry no, I didn't cry. 
No. Did we want to cry? Did, what did Marcy do? I felt uh, like that. I'm, I mean, this no, is no, but I know what. Bring Marcy. I'll stop when you stop. Uh, all right. So, what? But did yeah? Well, that's the thing is when you said you, you think everything's whack, and then you, but most or no, you think everything you do is great, but you kind of know this might not be great. But when you do something that's that hot, you kind of know like, oh, you feel like invincible. You just feel like, oh, I can't. We can't fucking lose. Form of immortality. It was more like. You were proud of yourself that you created something that really was like it mattered. And, 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 and to be honest with you, the drama that went around making that album, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, like what? Good stories? Just like people showing up to the studio, pulling out guns on me, you know. How come? My role manager brother thought. I was sleeping with his girlfriend because she said, yeah, that's why I prized something. Meanwhile, it, it was just, you know, childish bullshit. But, you know. Anyway, so you had all these different dramas. You had Lauren Hill leaving the group, coming back, leaving the group, oh, crying. Was she, was she already a little bit um, on the... On the Zodiac the tip? <laughs> yeah, the Zodiac. No, the Gemini tip. The Zodiac. You know, at that time, which we were not clear on, when I say we, I'm talking about, like, the immediate people within the Fuji circle we weren't really that clear on Wyclef and Lauren Hill intimate relationship. Right. So, I mean, you kind of like... It's just one of those things where you can smell it a little bit. Yeah, you can feel it. Yeah. You're like, why is she fucking tripping? Mm. Right. Oh, you were like, this can't just be about this album. There's something else happening. Yeah, you know, right. you, could, you know, so, yeah. Uh, but there's, not, there aren't any songs on the record about the two of them, are there? That's no, all the next record. So, so there you go. So you have this record, and it's there's also not a lot of records, not a lot of songs on that record that you want to fast forward to, fast forward through. Like, there's nothing. When you're listening to record, you're like, oh, this is a fucking good well, song. Well, that's what too. I mean. Is like, oh, this is also a good song. That's what I mean. It's so rare in music, period, to make not only to make great songs but to make a great album. That's a very rare experience. I mean, most of, the, you know, and I think it's rarer now than ever because there's no such thing as right. really albums. Did Salam produce it or? or Salam did Fuji La. Yep, that's a good song. And that was a record that was first given to Fat Joe, the beat. Fat Joe passed on it. And I can't even remember the beat. I mean, I remember the hook. I don't remember the beat, though. Right. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so Let's fucking Marcy this shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pros, that Neil keeps bringing up Marcy. I don't know. He had, I want it. Okay, look. I mean, she's in me now. You would have definitely fancy her. Uh, I, I want. I'll be honest. I really wanted you on uh, to interview you, but Neil always insisted that we get uh, Marcy. Like he was really. If so we can't get, my guess I'll go for one of the foodies, but I'd rather have Marcy. <laughs> so then it blew up. So yeah. Yeah. So the score blew up, and you were like, "Holy shit! I'm, we just made an iconic record." Well, we didn't know it was iconic. We just knew it felt good. You know, you know when I hear people say like Rolling Stones just did a um, top 500 album yeah. of all time, you know, and you know they had us on there. You know, it's just kind of like, crazy. It's weird, you know. Yeah, and you kind of go, oh, what? Do you have the experience where when you listen to it, you remember? Recording it. Oh yeah, of course everyone does. Yeah, you like you remember like oh, the what you I, ate I, that I, day I, I, almost. I could. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Jamaica shooting the video. I remember being in the studio recording it. Hot summer day. It was like July 2nd, right before 4th of July. I remember when Lauren Hill first came up with that hook. Just like you. She had a hundred hooks before that. And they were all great hooks. Mm-hmm. For that for that beat. For that beat. And it's like after like 12 hours packing our bags, getting ready to go home, try the next day. And she just hummed that. And everyone froze like, yo. What the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that shit? Yeah. You know, and it was like, that's that shit. Well, that, you know what else is great about that? Is that a, a lot of people's first single has the name of their group in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like Slim Shady. Uh, really? Snip, what's my motherfucking name? That, okay. Snoop Dogg. Like, you just go like, here's my intro, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, Dre Day obviously has his name in it. There's a lot of, but like yeah. e- it's important. Like that's one of those things. It's like a marketing, short, actually, l- a marketing thing you don't even think about, yeah. and then and then you have it, and then it's like, oh fuck, that works, and it's a great hook. Right. But the um, thing about you guys always was it was it w- was a level of musicality also. Right, and right. It wasn't just that you guys were all really good MCs. It was also that there was this sort of beautiful melodic musicality about the music, which was I think in some ways unique. Right. America, so we came, you know, you have the Haitian experience, the church background. It was a lot, it was a jumble. It was a lot of, I mean, gumbo. It was a lot of different play. And Lauren here. So was it fun? <laughs> That's the question. That's the question. It's like, was it fun being, uh, being in the Fugees in 1995, 96, 97? Yeah, it was, you know, it was, listen, I mean, <coughs> it, the experience was both fun and erotic 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 yeah you know it was erotic yeah sexual yeah okay well i mean i wasn't having sex with anyone but but erotic in the sense of like it it was just it was so much going on you know and so it was dysfunctional at the same time too right you know um you know but Look, I wouldn't change anything. What, when you say erotic, what do you mean? Just that charged atmosphere of a band making it? No, it just, you had that, that, but also that, 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 there was a tension when we performed live. And I never understood what that tension was, but the audience felt it. They didn't right. know what the fuck they was feeling. Oh, there was some sort of ecstatic experience happening within yeah, the performative element. Yeah, you know, and but it made sense why, you know. But that's interesting. Do you, you think that it was between Clef and Lauren and 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 your sort of 
observing it or if i could throw an idea in is it because of how strongly identified you guys were with haiti and with uh, with uh, like the islands and like there, there's a kind of performative ec- ecstatic experience w- within that culture too like dancing and, and musical performance becomes heightened that but also the fact that um like i said you know at that time wyclef and lauren you know, had they were sharing some they were doing intim- it. intimacy and, and so so when 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 they were when, porking. <laughs> right. So when um but the thing is when Clef and Lauren would, would would not be on speaking terms, right? Yeah. So you would see her lean more towards me on the stage. Huh. That's what I mean. Like you became this thing of like I you know I might fuck this other dude. <laughs> <laughs> that I swear to God, because I would know, I would notice that where it's like, hey, that's I not got what you're saying, is it? This well, is no, but but symbolically, yes, you know, that's I mean, what he said. That's she what I do that because I wasn't right. interested in her anyway. But right. right, it could have went there. You know what I mean? Right. Look at Fleetwood Mac, right? Sure. Right. right. Or, or right. Abba. You know. Yeah. So, but the thing, what was interesting is, is that there was tension with her and I on the stage. Right. But it only stayed on the stage because I always saw Lauren as a sister because right. the way she was introduced to me when I met her mom and her father and her mm-hmm. brother. Right. So I never really saw her in such, even though I thought she was incredibly She's great looking, great looking, sexy, and she had this energy about her that you just want to fall in love with. But it was just, you know, it was crazy anyway. Yeah, no, but I agree with it because I saw you guys at Chappelle's block party and that was the thing of like, that's the only time I saw you. I saw her solo and I saw you guys at that and it was like, Where'd you see him, Neil? At uh, fellow Black Party. Thank you. In Brooklyn. Um, and and but that was the thing of like, oh yeah. Chappelle show. <laughs> the, oh yeah, this guy could that Lauren could just to make him jealous. Not because like you're you're snort you're you're a rooster in the hen house. So I mean, is that where the crack started to form in the group? I think I think listen man success does funny things to people right so it's kind of like you know all of a sudden you go from being number 10 to number 1 we used to be number 10 used to be now you're coming in at 1 yeah you're number 1 you're selling millions of records you I mean we all around the world and are you believing your own hype at this point are you like thinking I'm the shit I'll always be the shit or are you nervous and like what if this all falls apart you're not, you know, everyone has different experiences. I think with us, it weren't so much that we thought we were the shit. We always knew that we were the shit, but it was like we never dwell upon it. Now it's like, okay, we made it. So now, you know, I got Michael Jackson calling me, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like you have all these different elements coming, rushing at you like a Mack truck. And so you're trying to figure out what's going to be the next move. Right. You see, when you in that whirlpool, you don't realize you you know it's a storm, but you don't understand the severity of the storm until the right. storm is over. Yeah, right. and you look back, you're like, oh shit, everything got destroyed here. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh shit, I forgot to call Michael Same. Jackson back. S A M E. No, yeah, absolutely, you're absolutely right. And when was the? Did you were you worried about? Um, did you did you have any insecurities in terms of? Did Clef write a lot of songs? We all wrote. Them. Okay, so you all wrote. It was basically a, a equal equal partnership. Yeah, on the Fugees, yes. Um, and then and then so you were like so you they must have been kind of if I had to be one person I'd almost want to be you in that group just because you don't have to worry about within the you don't have weird relationships with the, did you get along with Clef for the most part? Yeah, I mean listen, um, you know Wyclef and I we had a you know 
crazy relationship. I mean, now we really cool, but we had our ups and downs. And, you know, Lauren was always my girl. But see, what happened is when you in a situation where, okay, Wyclef's my boy, Lauren's my sister. And so I, I knew what Wyclef was doing wasn't 100% culture. So when she felt hurt by, by, by Wyclef, it made me go down as like guilty with it by association. Oh right, got it. Oh, with Wyclef. Right, right. Even though I may have like, not what agreed, are you boy? You, right. your boy did Even such though and I such may like not have agreed with how he handled the situation, but I I almost just played neutral, right? So right. My neutrality, me being neutral, made it me guilty. So like, but I used to say to Lauren, I'm like, Lauren, what do I do? Do I go to you and say, don't fuck with him? So how am I supposed to be his boy? And I'm going to tell you, don't fuck with him. Because what's going to happen? You're going to say, okay, I, I trust what you're saying, Proz. But then when you get in bed and y'all start fucking each other, y'all start doing a pillow talk. Well, that's why your boy Proz told me not to fuck with you. Uh -huh. so then it becomes that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. Yeah. Always Can we all get along? Right. I always wanted to just kind of like, but that's, you know, and, and her and I had a conversation about this one time. And she was like, you know, sometimes... Even though you know the truth is going to hurt, you got to stand for that, you know. And so, I mean, look, Lauren Hill gets real deep, you know. In regards to you, in regards to what yeah, you she, should, she, she felt like you should have done? Right. She felt like just the fact that I didn't voice my opinion one way or the other made me just as guilty. And it makes sense, right? So it's like saying you see someone getting hurt or getting robbed or getting beaten up in the streets and you don't say anything, you're just as guilty. Is it, you know, right. what, what do you think today? I mean, if you were in a situation where there was a you know, married couple that you were very close friends with both of them and you knew that the man or the woman was cheating on the other, do you say something? I mean, what happened? I would stay out of it. Yeah, you know. Right, but that's the thing is you can't, you can't go because to Clef. Right, because listen, I went to Clef and said, yo, money, you're bugging right now. And Clef was like, man, shut the fuck up. I'm doing my thing. Right. So. And did you ever say, like, you're fucking the band up? I understand yeah, you want to I mean, do whatever. The conversation is like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? And, yo, I got this. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, he's like, that's not right. a real I don't think engageable argument. <laughs> what about you, Neil? What do you do? Uh, what would I do What's the if I imperative? knew the wife? I think Shut you can't say shit. You can't, can't say shit. Because either way, you're done. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You know, because you know the wife is going to say something. Right. That you said something. What about you, Doug? I got to look out for my boys, man. <laughs> look at you, man. <laughs> I, you don't did say you see there was a movie about that with Vince Vaughn and. Uh, oh, the dilemma, yeah. yeah. But it's fucked up because uh, what if. I mean, there's all kinds of consequences to not saying stuff, too. You know, somebody brings Yeah, home. I mean, you know, it's one of those things you have to use, you know, your discretion. You yeah. Know? And, and at that time, it's just something that. And I probably would have done the exact same thing. I probably would have probably would have been more vocal with the both of them at the same time. Right. Say, Listen, Clef, you know th what you're doing is fucked up. Lauren, you're fucked up too because you already know his situation. Okay. It's probably you not going suck. to change. <laughs> Despite, look, if I might, if I must go there. Excuse me. Uh, we have a young lady in 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 in, in the studio, a but I'm gonna keep it so real. When a motherfucker dick is hard, he's gonna say any fucking thing. You know, you understand what I'm saying to My you? My dick's been hard this whole interview. Yeah. Go ahead. And that's why we've been saying all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, so so you know, it, you know, when you're in that heat of that moment, everything's beautiful. Like right. the sky is really blue, the water's blue, the birds are, f- are flying and they singing. The this is when right. you have, when your dick is hard, or when you're in the Fuji's. <laughs> No, when you making love. To oh yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, Bilber or okay. Lucy K has a bit about this that like, you know, about like having unprotected sex. Like if if you told me like cross the street, there's like a twenty percent chance that you're gonna definitely get run over by a car. You'd be like, I will absolutely not do yeah. that. But then you fuck you fuck with somebody without a condom, and you're like, you know, like, well, there's there's a percentage. Oh, get. fuck without a condom is the greatest dumb thing ever. <laughs> and it's, it's impossible to not do. Unbelievably great. <laughs> 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 That is Praz. Praz is clapping. Giving it up for Neil Brennan. I had an analogy about fucking without a condom. It's like the thing where the guy ties, like the old black and white movies, where the guy ties the woman to the, to the train track. Yeah. Except you're the train and the, and track. the, and the track and the guy. <laughs> and the rope. And you're like just hoping you can fucking get shit, like get it up. Like you can get shit popping. Yo, real talk, and I know there's a, a young lady here. Have you ever felt uh, sex without a condom feels like, though? Mm. It's pretty good. You can't. Oh, it's, yeah. well, that's the thing. It's the greatest horrid, stupid shit. It's yeah. the, it's fucking unbelievable. Louis- the consequences of it are so massive. Right. Yet in that moment, you're like, I okay. don't give a fuck well, about yeah. cause. I couldn't fucking care. I fuck it. Louis Katz has a joke about the first time he tried unprotected sex. He says, "I felt like I put my penis inside the mouth of God." <laughs> yeah, that's what it's. Yeah, I don't want to laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, motherfucker. <laughs> Okay, so when did you realize? <laughs> Fraz is falling Fraz, out. Did you find that those yeah, two, yeah. their egos were beyond the 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 relationship? Because I remember seeing an interview with you guys when when uh, Killing Him Softly hit, and Clef said in the interview, like everywhere we go around the world, I hear one time. And I was like, motherfucker, that's not what people remember about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, listen, look, um, yeah, everyone has egos, you know. I mean, we all had our egos. Um, but, you know, it's... it's. Was it survive? Could it... Uh, what would you tell yourselves if you could... If, what would you go and tell young, the young Fujis? Well, I think that... <clears throat> It's 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 it, it, you know it's difficult to explain because you know part of the magic one can make the argument that it was the fact that the two of them had that going on must right. have been right you could put you could make that argument right but you could also make the argument that everyone gone through that shit in a group it's right not, it's, it's nothing uncommon about it like the Fleetwood Mac Fle- album the Fleetwood yeah. Mac is but I'm gonna tell you what's even crazy. The Abba is sick because you had the two brothers, the two sisters, so they get married, right? And then they divorce each other, and then they swap. Perfect. And then the Fleetwood Mac, the Fleetwood Mac is similar. Where remember it was Mac, the drummer. He's Mac, right? He's Fleetwood, I think, right? I don't know. Big Fleetwood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fleetwood. the guy who looks right. like a wizard. Right. So. He was first with um, Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Then it was the other guy. That Lindsey Buckingham. With Stevie's. And it's like, wow, how, the, how does that work? Yeah. It doesn't. 
Finish him. But they made some incredible records. They made, right. Fleetwood Mac is the shit. shit. I mean, no, they're so yeah. Good. yeah. And so you can same thing, I can turn her, you know. Remember right. when he smacked the beat her, punched her? Well, you know what's great about that? And I'm, you probably know this. You know, Tina had a baby with a dude in his band. With the bass player? You know what? The other thing is, uh, Ike one time told a buddy of mine, he's like, yeah, me and Tina used to fight. I just won. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. You ever saw the movie? Yeah. I love that movie, man. Eat the cake, Tina. Mad Max Beyond uh, Thunderdome? Eat the cake, Tina. <laughs> so, you right. trying to tell Ike what to do. You got you got some advice for Ike. All right, so then when did you realize all right, this shit ain't going to work? Um, I mean, listen, it, it was a, it was just... Gradual? Yeah, you know, you, you kind of like knew. Like we know people ain't showing up for shit? No, not that. That's one thing I, could, I have to say. Everyone really loved what they did. That's cool. They worked. It went. They weren't on anything about. Well, I'm not showing up. I mean, yeah, Lauren was late. That's any, you know, all these divas. You know, three yeah. hours. Oh, yeah, something about three hours. Because I just heard the other day that <laughs> Christina is like three hours late or two hours late every time she goes on the Voice. There's yeah. something about these girls in this two three hour thing. Huh. I don't know. Is it's yeah. Know. Anyway, somebody so, was telling me a story about Toby Maguire being late. To set, look when he got real, he got real famous. Oh, wait, 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 was wait. it you? No, no, not me. I know what you're talking about. Oh, I maybe I it was it. the yeah. So Toby McGuire was showing up late, like three hours late when he got real hot from Spider-Man mm-hmm. or whatever, and he would just show up three hours, four hours late, and finally he just thought he was the shit, and finally the director said, "Hey." When he got to set four hours late, he said, "Look around. You see all these people, all the crew holding no, no, up boombox and shit." No, not the director. Who was it? George Clooney. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, George Clooney. We must have heard this story together. And he goes, "This is uh, very might have been that dude your own. Right. And he goes, "You see all these people around you?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "They all have families." And he's like, "Yeah." And they're like, "And they don't see them anymore because you're always fucking late." Yeah. And he never was late again. Right. Yeah. That was um, Sometimes you just have to check people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but some people uh, are uncheckable. Right. Some people are like just, they just be like, well, guess what? With if Without my talent, these motherfuckers wouldn't get paid. So, There's some I don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but still, I think, you know. I Look, dude, I love the rules. It's more important to be nice. You know? I, I agree. So, so did you feel when you were, when you re- realized, okay, this is coming to an end, did you feel like you could see you know, money slipping through your fingers or you're like panicking or you're like, this is the next natural step that... No, you know, <laughs> the thing about this group, it was never really about... I mean, listen, as as of last year, we got offered this ridiculous amount of money to go on the road. I mean... Yeah. This is Chappelle money? <laughs> you know, and so... But, 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 you know, it was something bigger and deeper than just the money for us. I'm with you. And so, um... It was just an experience, man. You know, it's it's an experience that most people never get a chance to ever. Do you when it's could you feel good time slipping through your hands? Meaning, fuck, this shit was fun, and I really love these two, and I'm. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, 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 it's not that I never really sat back and said I felt it slipping. It's just something that just naturally happened. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's like being in a relationship with someone, and it's like you naturally. Sit in the somehow. car for 20 minutes when you pull home? Well, somehow she's fat. It's like, what the fuck happened? Huh? <laughs> Maybe she's fat. 
Right. <laughs> right. Wow, that's a, she didn't get fat overnight. Yeah, she right. gained like a pound. It seemed like it happened yeah. overnight. You know. Yeah. Right. You were like, you used to be so oh, Like yeah. over nine months after no contact. This shit is not erotic anymore. Yeah, this experience <laughs> has become less than erotic. This is not erotic. I once saw this as erotic. Uh, okay. So it's over. The Fujis are over. What's What happened next for you? You know, I just went on a journey. You know, I'm work. You know, those movies, documentaries. Yeah, tell us about. I want for. I need you to tell that story about about the the Somalia. But uh, but let's talk about your first film first, right? Which is the the movie where you w- were went downtown L.A. Correct? That's my first documentary. That wasn't my first movie. Oh, tell me. Let, walk us through it. Well, my first movie was crazy. It was um, a movie I did with Ben Stiller, and so. Um, had a cool little experience with that and then you know I got a little bug for acting and then I did a documentary where I was homeless skid row about maybe six years ago where I was living downtown LA for nine days 24 hours a day okay so for the people that are listening that don't know what downtown LA is like it is like you cannot believe that it's America it's like a fucking wait you you third it's like a renaissance fair with all homeless people. You did Occupy LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, but yeah. It's like seriously a shanty town in downtown Los Angeles. And the area is called Skid Row. It's so fucked up that I thought, oh, it's called Skid Row on the map of LA. And I thought, oh, it must be that Skid Row, get, the word Skid Row gets its name from this region in LA. Not true. It's from, un- it's from Seattle or Seattle, something. Yeah. They, they, LA took the name they and opened a franchise. it to they their own franchise. city. So it's fucked up like nothing you made. You wanted to make a documentary just about homelessness. Yes. And you figured the best way to do it would just be, I'm going to It wasn't my idea. It yes. Basically, I was just um, the agent. And so the original person who was supposed to play the role that I played fell through. He asked me, do you want to do it? So I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I thought nothing of it. But it was an eye-opener. What did you tell? Like? So you just straight up, like... They drop you off? Drop me off and... How many cameras? Just one camera on you? Three. No, I had one camera on me and three cameras, 24, um, 24 hours a day. It did perhaps shatter the illusion a bit when they were like, oh, he's just a homeless guy like us with the three cameras. With cameras like hidden? No, but you never see the cameras. Oh, the homeless oh, people great. couldn't see them? You couldn't bring cameras down there. All right. People really got really... They throw rocks at you because we tried it the first... Like, before we went there, you know, you got to scout the area and figure yeah. out. And so the direct one of the, one uh one of the directors pull out a camera and it just got really bad because they're got embarrassed it. probably yeah, you know, they, yeah. Cause they look at it like you know they're being like you know guinea pigs you right know? so what'd you learn I mean just like you know look Skid Row is you know without trying to go through a depression mode but it's 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 the largest area in America that has the most homelessness in one concentrated area, okay? And so in in the eight-block radius, there's about 40,000 people that come in and out that are homeless. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot of people. Yeah. In California, used to be the eighth largest economy in the world. Probably now, it's like maybe because of the economy, it's probably 19, 18, but still. Yes. Yeah. State is in the top 20. Yeah. Right. Countries, yeah. Right. And so, and to have the highest homelessness rate in the country, 
doesn't even make any sense. Oh, it's like a literal physicalization of hip- of hypocrisy, mm-hmm. of the hypocrisy of capitalism. You drive there and you go, oh, it's literally right here to look at. Yeah. But you know what's interesting? What I found very interesting was that I used to think that everyone who's homeless or most people who are homeless are probably like sick, lazy, mentally ill, drug addicts. And that's far, far opposite of that. Is it a choice, or they... Well, I mean, there's something called chronic homelessness, right? That means people who absolutely need some form of government assistance, whether it's because mentally or Mm -hmm. on drugs, they only make up about 23 to 26% of the population of people that are homeless. That means the other 74, 75 population are regular folks like you and I who are just homeless. And they like, can't. And, and they can't get out of it. It's not that they can't get out of it. It's just that the reality is, the average American one. I forgot what the number is. It's like two out of three Americans are one paycheck away from being homeless. Now that's that's before. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah. That we. I don't even know what the numbers are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and so what you come to find out is, you know, a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are homeless. You don't even know they're homeless, and they're right, right within your circle. Right. Because it's an embarrassing thing. It's not sexy to be homeless. Some people just go there to trying to figure out the situation, but they still function in the society. They work. So you have families that live down in Skid Row with permanent tents. Mm-hmm. They have a nine to five job. Their children go to school. They just can't afford to get a home. Right. And then they'll eventually. Uh, move out of being homeless, or yeah. depending yeah. on their situation. Right, right. And so, what? So you, what you did? Where did you shower? I didn't shower for for, for for ten days because I had a camera on me. Hmm. So, uh, but they'll shower. People will shower. Well, people I don't really get right. But what, uh, what did you? Did you stink? Yeah, yeah. Did you have deodorant? No. So it was just. When, where did you eat? I would eat wherever. I mean, I was panhandling, so the money I made every day, I go and. So you would you go? To, so you'd be panhandle, and now when people, the, you always hear about panhandling, like you know, people that panhandle make like ten bucks an hour. What were you? Wait, yo, what were you pulling down as a panhandler? One, the, the most I made in one day was like maybe like forty something dollars in like five, six hours. So, so that's a, yeah. And uh, and why would you stop? Just because it was like no, because I I reached my goal. I, I, you gotta remember something. I'm doing a documentary, right? right. So my idea is just make enough because they only gave me nine dollars, a dollar a day, right? So my whole objective was basically I'm gonna make enough so I can eat for that day, right? Carry on right. The day. I'm not trying to like hustle or anything like that. But uh, my hustle was panhandling. I didn't want to do the pallets, collecting pallets. I didn't want to rent out my tent. I didn't want to do prostitution, you know? Because you can, people rent out their tent. Yeah, it's like renting out an apartment. And I had a tent. See, here's what happened. The day before, I go into Skid Row, right? So they were like, okay, look, we're going to give you a tent, a bag, bring whatever you want, put in your book bag. So I bought some books. I bought, like, The Republic of Plato. I bought, like, I forget what other books I bought so I could read, you know. And so I wasn't allowed any phones or anything like that. So, and they gave me $9. So they like, you could buy a tent. So I go to, the, you know, we go to, um, I think, Kmart. I saw a tent, so I bought the tent, like, not realizing that the average tent, the tent that I bought out there, because where I was at, I was in an area they call, like, the transitional part of Skid Row, where you can set up your tent from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., but then you got to pack all your things, belongings, and go drop it somewhere and just roam around the street, right, because we were in front of the stores. Jesus. My tent, when I actually put up my tent, 
They were like, my tent was the penthouse tent because it was like, like an eight man. Because <laughs> everyone else's tent was just like one little, like, my, you know, I'm, I'm in the yeah. store. This is before me. Like, Motherfucker, I was in the Fuji. <laughs> yeah, of I got a nice man. tent. My tent actually can hold about six people in it, right? Comfortably, like, you can sleep in it. So people wanted to rent my tent. Or right. sleep in the thing with you for money. Well, in the daytime, like in the uh-huh. daytime, you can uh-huh. tent. So, right. June they pay like five dollars, and I was like, I don't want people. You know, I don't want people all up in my tent. All up in my tent, my big ass tent, my big ass shit. <laughs> my books is in there. I got three books. I got the Republic of Plato and other books <laughs> to did read. You, when you panhandled, did you go? Did you just sit on the street like where no, you no, were? No, no, or did no. You I, mean, I was I was smart enough to know. You know, I used my ingenuity. I was like, I'm gonna go to a hot spot. So I Wi-Fi hotspot, hotspot meaning cars coming in and out, you know, traffic. like an on-ramp kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like off of um, Figaro. Yeah, exactly right yeah. there. You know exactly what I'm talking I, about. I right? gave a guy change the other day. Was it pros from the Fujis? <laughs> it's a white guy. But, but I'm gonna tell you something. This is deep. All jokes aside, there is a science to being homeless, hmm. and it's a true survival of the fittest. What's interesting about panhandling is that I didn't realize this. The first day, I made like 40-something dollars, right? The second day, I spent eight hours and only made like $11. And the reason was, for one reason, when it rains, people are less friendly. Because it's like they don't want to roll down the window. They're just trying to get to their destination, you know. So you got to kind of like time it. You got to understand, okay, now this day I'm going to go. Where there's foot action, you see, like, uh-huh. like, because that's downtown financial right. district. So I should have went where people are coming in and out their offices and going to lunch when it was raining when it was on the rainy, rainy, yeah, right. So when it was sunny, it was the best thing because people, you know, they happy, they're friendly. Yeah. You smile at them, you know, they'll be more out to give you a dollar, give you some change. You know, it's deep, man. No, it, it's that's really just, deep. Did that's you make really a sign? Weird. It's did, weird. Did you make a sign with cardboard on it? With Ooh like la la kind of la, <laughs> Speaking of which, somebody did recognize you, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did they TMZ you? No, no somebody no, no, came somebody. up. To, somebody came up to Proz and was like, "I'll, I'll do him." Like, hey, are, did, did you are, see it? Uh, no, but Yaron, my my buddy Yaron, was talking about oh, it the right, other day. Right, right, right. He goes, "Y'all rolling?" He goes, "Are you, are you Proz from the Fujis?" Yeah. <laughs> and what'd you say? I said, "Who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> No bullshit. That's what I said. He said, you know. Did you regret most of your interactions with homeless people? That's a good question. Before that, were you like, man, I played these I motherfuckers ha- dirty? I wasn't an asshole, but I never really kind of like paid attention to them. Now nah, I do. I'm very conscious about it. Like mm-hmm. if someone asks me for some, I'm sorry, bro. I don't have any change on me, and they love that because you acknowledging them. See, the biggest problem people mistake people make, they don't acknowledge. Even if you don't have it or you don't want to give give it to them, you acknowledge them. and that So that's better than nothing. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I don't have it right now, brother. Don't, Take dude, care. I hate that one dude in your social circle who's like the aggressive to homeless person. You know like, person? Yeah, maybe yeah, get the yeah. fuck away. No, I don't have any fucking change. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever done it. But no, I, not you. I'm saying yeah. there's always someone in the social circle that's like going to make it an issue with every yeah. homeless person. It's like, please don't bring your weird conflicts about the labor into this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've always, I find myself, my reasoning for why not is never, it's always like, I didn't like how he approached me. Yeah, yeah. I was in my, I was minding my, he scared me. So and it's like, yeah, but he's still fucking homeless and you still have money. So, right, and so that was, that was it. What is that? A, did I make that into a movie? Did it get yeah, released? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's on, on Netflix right now. It's on Netflix right now. What's it called? Skid Row. Oh, okay. I'm watching I'm the fuck out of that. It's tonight. Uh, B, tell us about this Somalia oh, well, thing. Hold on. So now you got a film that you're that you are in production or involved with making about Somalia, and you told me the greatest story ever about, and I want to hear it again. These people need to hear it. No, I mean, you know, I, I just went out to um, Somalia to, to do a documentary. Listen to how casual he is about it, too. I just went to like, you know. When he went out to Somalia. You know the worst place in the world. Like it's Long Island or something. So what was the idea? Your idea was I'll go to Somalia. You know, I'm going to interview some pirates from their (laughs) point of view, you know. And so my director and I, we go out there and, um, you know, we got kidnapped. (laughs) Like you do. Yeah. Uh, so, did you schedule an appointment with for a the kidnapping with the pirates? Why, how did this happen? It's a long story, but um, tell that know, shit. Um, you know, we met some people out in Ethiopia who were going to put us in touch with the pirates, which was pure bullshit. You know, <laughs> looking back, looking back, right? What you got that I ain't got, baby? So, um, oh yeah, I'll take you to some pirates. Oh, you got money? Oh, I'll take you to some pirates. Yeah. So we went out there, and you know what? They were representing wasn't actually factual. Right, so you went through the Ethiopian uh, border and with some and changed some money, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the thing is, what I realized is this: when you go to a foreign land, do your due diligence before you go to a foreign land. Okay. You just say Somalia. <laughs> if you ever decide <laughs> well, to go to Somalia, do don't go to Somalia. <laughs> yeah, do, 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 look up Google Somalia. <laughs> I think that's right. the first thing you have to do is Google yeah, Somalia. Don't go to Somalia. All right, so you went to Ethiopia, and then who do you ask? You just knew somebody who hey, knew yo, somebody? Hey, anybody know where I could get a pirate? <laughs> yeah, like, who do you talk to? <laughs> no, no. It's an email it's scam. We, we had a, 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 a contact. Okay. Yeah, well, Blackbeard, I think his name was. <laughs> Arg. Yeah, actually, his name was. The fuck was his name? Oh, Johannes. Yeah, not Johannes. My, my buddy, my buddy is Ethiopian. His name's Johannes. So yeah, it was but his name was Johanna. Yeah, Johanna. yeah. So yeah, that that was our contact. And who was he? I'm big in the pirate world too. That's how I knew. Um, he was supposed to be some guy that's gonna hook us up with the pirates. Right. Okay. And then who did he turn out to be? Not the guy who <laughs> was gonna hook us up with the pirates. <laughs> who, who? A different guy. Who did he hook you up with? <laughs> Johanna. Uh, I mean, it was just pure fuckery. You so know. you came through the border, right? And you changed a bunch of money. This is a good story. I, I know you're tired. We'll get you out of here soon. But you came through. And they come across the border, and you change a bunch of money from American dollars. Okay, so we get. Okay, this is this is interesting. So, all right, so we get off the plane. I'm excited. All right, so I'm going to, you know, Ethiopia, and then I'm gonna go. Where are you landing? At Khartoum? Or no, that's not. That's in, Abu that's in Sudan. Abu Dhabi. All right. So we go there, and you know, I'm thinking like, man, we're gonna get these pirates. I'm gonna make this incredible documentary. You know, I'm probably gonna, you know, get nominated for an Oscar. You yeah. Know. So we land, and so um, we got not seen. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> it's Johanna. <laughs> <laughs> so we have 40 grand on us, right? 20 on my person, 20 on his person, right? And so when we land, this is like this big sign that says, like, it's like the foreign exchange currency booth, right? 
So we're like, all right, so, because you, you you have to get a visa. You have to pay for it. Right. So we figured, like, you know what? Let's change, like, $300, $400, you know, into their currency. So we go there, we're like, oh, it's $300. And so the name of their currency is called BIRS. All right. So we change into birds, right? So then, now when you pass the currency, now you gotta get in line to go to through immigration to get a visa. So we get in, finally we get up to the person, like, yeah, yeah, it's like twenty dollars. So we you know pull out our birds, right? They were like, what the fuck is that? What is birds? Like, no, we don't accept birds. <laughs> we don't accept birds. It's their currency. Right, right. So we're like, what do you mean? They're like, dollars. Euros. That's all we take. <laughs> they won't so, accept their own <laughs> currency. So you blew it to the to the exchange currency because we figured like, well, we just exchanged it, so maybe right. They'll, they'll remember us. Yeah. So we go back to exchange it, and the guy's like, no, we don't accept this. <laughs> so we were like, well, we just you just gave us the money. He's like, that shit. Ain't oh my no god. Good. That shit ain't no good. He said, this shit is no good. <laughs> so we're like, why the fuck you gave it to us for? Cause you asked for it. <laughs> God, that's fucking Yeah. And then my friend got pissed off, so we go back, we get our visa, and so he was flashing his money. So immigration stops him. I go through, they stop him. He made it rain. He made it rain. <laughs> well, he tried to. Ah, so they were like, how much, they're like, how much money do you have on you? He said, I have like twenty thousand dollars, you know, from Canada. It ain't shit to me. This ain't shit, bro. <laughs> Fuck it. They're like, all right, check this out. You see this sign right here? Say what sign? Say, right here. Yeah. You cannot enter the country with more than a thousand US dollars. So Break they, yourself. So they, My name is Johanna. <laughs> so they took nineteen grand for him. Oof. This is Chappelle money? This is our introduction to Ethiopia, <laughs> motherfucker. And where is that day in Africa? Did you wear those belts or you had the man bag with the fucking stacks with your cash? I, that I would say what man belt is, but I don't want to sound like you know that shit is so fucking girly. Oh, uh, wearing the man bag or the or ma- the money belt that you put under your shirt? Both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even, w- even when Floyd Mayweather does it. So, no comment. No comment. <laughs> so uh, I'm, you with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm so, totally with you. So Johanna is gonna hook you up, but he doesn't. And then somehow you get connected to these cats, and then somehow you accidentally get abducted, right? You find out that you're abducted after you've been abducted, right? Yeah, we were in this room, right. locked up for like 22 hours a day, you know. <laughs> and then how'd you get? Ooh. Wait a second. You were locked in a so, room for 20. Not locked. So you you get connected with these guys, and then where are you? You're in a shitty motel or something. It's like a motel, but it's not a motel. Okay. Oh, California. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then when did you realize that you were kidnapped? Were you like... When the minister of oil came to us and said, do you know Obama? And he was like, because you guys are kidnapped. The minister of oil? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a corrupt government. So let's just r- recap. Jacked for $19,000 at the Ethiopian border. Jacked for the concept of meeting a pirate. Then meet a pirate. Then jacked for your actual physical bodies. Locked in a hotel-like house. Got that? Had you filmed anything? Yeah. Oh, you did you film the whole time? We filmed as much as we could. We couldn't film when the State Department came and got us. We weren't allowed to film that. Obviously. Right. How did the State Department find you? Because I made a call like, motherfucker, come and get us. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 your yeah, cell phone worked. 
No, 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 no. Okay, here's what happened. So, we in Ethiopia. Well, I just the point. We in Djibouti. All right. Djibouti is a country. Yeah. Okay. And a description. And so, Djibouti. We, we, we chartered a plane to go to Somalia. Okay. So we on a plane for like four hours sitting on the runway. Can't understand why the fuck am we sit on the runway if I chartered the plane. Some motherfucker come on a plane like, you fellas going to Somalia? We're like, yeah. You got a visa? No. Are you Americans? Yeah. How you plan on getting into Somalia? We're like, well, we're probably going to buy a visa at immigration. You weren't told Americans not allowed in Somalia? We're like, yeah, we heard about that. We saw Black Hawk down. Is that, does that qualify? We're like, I tell you what. You give the president a ride to Somalia. The president of what? Somalia. <laughs> he, he did a ride. <laughs> he was in Djibouti? No, he, yeah, he was in the lobby. He, he didn't have a ride back to Somalia. He's all shaking. He's like, hey, man, can I get a ride, man? I'm he real said, sick right this now. This is no bullshit. We have all this on camera, by the way. He said, if you give the president a ride, then, you know, we'll let you come in. So we're like, shit, fuck that. It's going to be dope for the fucking documentary. Yeah. So motherfucker comes in. His whole crew, like, y'all on the president. President's crew comes in. So They that, had a black that, president that, that before us, minister. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole continent. Yeah, yeah, that was the, yeah, that was the joke I was swinging for. Yeah. So, uh, so um, the minister of finance is the one who first came on. So his whole. This, what kind of fucking plane are you at? Is it like an old Russian plane or something? I swear to God, man, somebody must have fucking told you. No, but that's where when you do this, you get a Russian plane. That's yeah, they, that's where Russian, they said Russian, Russian plane. plane. Nineteen like forty-eight, forty-seven plane. You know, one of those like. I would never. You have to start the engine yourself. That kind of shit. <laughs> Some Indiana Jones. It's crazy. It was crazy. So anyway, so he, they come on the plane, and so then as we as we flying to Somalia, this was real cool. Somebody from the president um, entourage goes to the pilot and said, "Yeah, land right here, land right here, right." <laughs> and so that's never what you want, right? So the pilot just the pilot just landed in the middle of a desert because you know Somalia is a desert, right? And so. So I guess they must have called a crew. The convoy comes to come in to pick them up. How long did the convoy take to get there? Eight minutes. <laughs> Machine. But guns. to be clear, he's not the president of all of Somalia because I mean he might be called the president, but he doesn't control Somalia, correct? He controls all Somalia except for Mogadishu. What's I, his name? I thought Somalia was li- lawless. Mogadishu. Well, was, yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's like what. America was before, like when it was the Wild Wild West. It still yeah. had some form of laws, but it wasn't, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, so anyway, so then what was cool though when my director, when we get off the plane and it's like we're in the middle of fucking nowhere, and he's like, and we, and you can see like the convoys coming like from a distance. It looked like the movie, like you see the dust and you see the guy with the machine huh. guns just sitting on top of the, you know, the, the the truck, whatever. And the guy says, you want a documentary? We're going to give you a documentary. Come follow us. It was like badass, man. And these are guys from the gov- the yeah. president's people. So the way, so, so basically, they basically sold us to the pirates. <laughs> the president. Not the president, but his, his some of his friends, whoever. Who they sold us to the pirates. The pirates then turns around and sells us to. Um, oh, is this Al-Shabaab. a legend? 
right, Whoa. you get Al Shabab is the terrorist organization. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. You got the forerunner with the government oh, yeah, so, people, so we, and then so, how do they sell you to the pirates? To, so basically, so we going around. So I had one extra guy with me that I met in Djibouti who happens to be an American Somali. Okay. He was our translator. Okay. So they gave us basically a guideline what we can do. So it was kind of like we was fucking PBS doing a documentary, like some bullshit. Right. So being the motherfucker outrageous person that I am, I was like, listen, I need to get into some real pirates. So we, <laughs> some we, real pirate shit. we was paying some people off to get us to where the pirates were at. So we went driving like eight In hours. gold, like gold nuggets, gold coins? Dollars. Yeah. We went driving to this place called Ill, which is where they hold all the ships that, all the ships that are being hijacked, they hold them at this place called Ill. So that's why no one can find them. So when the president found out, I guess he must have pissed them off. So they made a deal, but we did, not the president, someone in the government. Right. So at this point, we're kidnapped, but we don't realize we're kidnapped. And they, and every other day, we're getting closer and closer and closer to Mogadishu. Right. Which is where Black Hawk down. The yeah. What happened is the minister of oil, because he was telling us the story. That's how we. Know. I know this part. I'm about to tell you. He happens to Google my name, right? And at the time he Googled my name, my Facebook page first comes up. I used to say prize, which I'm going to say Facebook. So he just, you know, clicked on the Facebook. It was a picture of me and President Obama before he was president. Right. So he panics because the North, they want to be in good grace with America. Right. So he goes in deeper. He sees... Oh, this guy was in the group of the Fuji's. So he's like, is this a real picture? He didn't know if it was a real picture or if it was yeah. a cardboard cutout. He, he didn't know what the fuck it was. So then he goes, Obama. he just so happened to go to Obama Facebook page. It just so happened that if you go on Obama Facebook page, one of his favorite bands are all the Fuji's. Right. Right? So he put two and two together. He panics. So he calls the pirates and say, listen, you got to You think you're a spy or he just thinks you're like... It's not that I'm a spy. He just think like, if something happens to these Americans and if this guy is connected to Obama, friends with Obama, whatever the story may be, that's going to bring heat to his government right. that he does not want. Yeah. Right? So, because he's responsible because he's the one that led us into the country. Right. So he called the pirates... Pirates like, listen, dude, we can't do anything for you. We already sold these dudes to Al Qaeda. So then he comes. You're hapless this whole time. You're just like happy. Yeah, and you don't know who's Al Shabaab. I'm making a great movie. I know Al Shabaab. But you don't. But did you? They don't wear fucking Al Shabaab jackets. It's not like you go. Oh, these guys are Al Shabaab. We, 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 we're like. How you doing, Cross? My name's Al. Al Shabaab. Say again. We're 15 hours away from Mogadishu. Right. But the thing is, it's kind of like think of like if you were in San Francisco. And you got to go to San Diego, right? So, oh, no, you're in Sacramento, and you got to get to San Diego. But every couple of days, you go from Sacramento, all of a sudden, you're in San Francisco. Right. And then a couple more days, you like, in L.A. Right. And a couple more days, you're going to end up in San Diego. Right. And San Diego is where the bad, bad shit San is Diego's happening. San Diego is where Mogadishu, Al-Qaeda, is at. Mogadishu, which is Did you want to get with them, or you were trying to stay the fuck no, away? We weren't trying to go nowhere. So the pirates and the, and them are not even. No, they're not the same thing. All right. The pirates, they don't kill. They just hold you for ransom. Are those are the pirates afraid of SEAL team that that they're getting popped now? That they're getting scurvy. They're afraid of scurvy. They were scared before that, of course. So, so they're scared that like if like any one of us can get fucking popped. Right, but they, they, they yeah, yeah, of course. But they got nothing to live for anyway. So, I mean, not not to live, but well, they're desperate. <laughs> They're desperate. Anyway, so 
<laughs> so the minister of oil comes to us, and the first thing he says, you fellas are in a lot of trouble. You're being kidnapped right now. So we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Bitch? He called you or he came to you? No, he came to see us. Okay. The In the safe house? Yeah, the safe house, whatever you want to call it, call it. So we're like, what do you mean we're kidnapped? Yeah, man, these guys, you know, you guys been running around talking about you want to see privates. So well, guess what? They kidnapped you. So I said, well, if they kidnap us, why don't you just tell them let us go? Uh, unfortunately, it's not that it's not that simple. They are, in fact, pirates. Did he call you my friend at some point? My friend, I am afraid it is not no, that he, simple, he, he my friend. Fellas, my friend, they, they, use, they use the term fellas. Because so. <laughs> he's Somali, but he went to school in Australia. Uh-huh. Got it. So um, he says, I understand you know Obama. I said, well... What's the right answer? Yeah, did you know, like, I need to answer this correctly? Yeah, I didn't understand. Because I do know him, but not like I can pick up the phone and call him. Right. You know? So I said, well, yeah, I mean, he said, well, um, listen, here's two phones. You can call anywhere in America. Call Obama, call whoever you need to come get you. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. You're about to go to Mogadishu. So I called him up, boys, at the State Department. And see, what happened is... Do you know somebody at the State Department? Yeah, I know the whole administration. Well, not the whole administration, <laughs> but I mean... So what happened was that um, when we first went, you know, the way the U.S. Is that where What's-Her-Name works now? The singer from the band, The Time? Who, Marcy? Marcy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was holding back on Marcy references. I've had no, nine... That was I've the right nine opportun- I've had nine opportunities. If you, you got call. her name you're right... One, you're one call. <laughs> Marcy, Marcy. Marcy, it's me, Praz. I'm stuck in Mogadishu. Please help me. So what's interesting is that every time you leave the country and you enter a country, right, you had a point of exit and a point of interest. And the way they track you is through your passport. Right. So the U.S. knew we went into Djibouti because right, they have a relationship with Djibouti. What they didn't know was when we exited, where did we enter? Got so it. for about three weeks. Because you landed in the desert. Right. I was off the radar. Right. With no visa. Nothing stamped. Nothing. Not by visa. Just, you know, the, 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 the passport, when they slide or whatever they do, it goes back just to right. a database that says X is. These motherfuckers are here. Yeah. So when I called my friend at the State Department, I was like, yo, Jason. Well, I don't even know. I should say his name. But whatever. I like, yo, Jay. I'm in Somalia. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, yo, you ain't gonna believe this, man. We're kidnapped. He said, oh, fuck. And this is when Obama was trying to push his health care bill. Right. So that's the last shit that they needed, right? Right. And this is the same time the American captain uh-huh. ship, because I met the guy who came, who hijacked the ship. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, that's it. It was it's weird shit. But anyway, yeah. You'll see all this in the documentary when it comes out. But anyway, so. Anyway, so. By the way, no one that's listening to this story will not want to watch this. Talk. This sounds <laughs> yeah. fucking fascinating. This sounds like Lines of Abroad. That show, have you ever watched that show? No. Oh, dude, you gotta fucking watch that show. It's literally people get locked up in foreign countries and they do these incredible reenactments. It's one of the best produced shows I've ever seen. Okay. So, so anyway, so the State Department comes and get us, drove us eight hours up to the north. Did they, did they didn't have to storm nothing? They just was like, come on, fellas. No, they bust through. I mean, this was straight up battering ram. Like you don't, all you see were their eyes, and they had machine guns out. <laughs> it was, it was straight up like no bullshit. It was like a movie. How did you leave it with Jason, like or Jay, your boy, like uh, Jay Z? Jay, how did you leave it? Like I'm, 
Was he like, we're, we're coming for you? Or was it like, I'll see what I can do? And he was like, we're going to make it happen. Like at this point, dude, I don't know. I couldn't even tell him where the fuck I was at. Right. I was just like, I'm in Somalia. <laughs> come, come and get me. I'm <laughs> close to San Diego. Please find me. And you know, it's funny. A week before that, they killed four foreigners, Pakistani guys who went there. And then they had the two French guys that were the journalists that they kidnapped. Right. And then those pirates sent them to Mogadishu. And then, so how long after you hung up with Jay did did they bust through the door? I would say like 48 hours later. Correct. So you don't know what the fuck is going on. My director thought I was trying to set him up. He was so paranoid. Like, it got to that point. It right. was so crazy because I wanted a story. He was fucking one of the pirates, right? Mm-hmm. And she would lean on you for support. <laughs> Do you see how your life is a circle? <laughs> Marcy! Uh, yeah, that's so. What did you, that that's fucking. And then you just did did this did the guys this, whoever got you were they kind of like the fucking what the fucking what why why are we doing this? Yeah, they just it was like they came and got us. They put up in this um, it was like a hotel. It actually was a hotel, but it's like where like if Hillary Clinton was to come to Somalia, right. That's where she was. Got it. And so they put us in there with security surrounding the whole hotel till we left. Now, they was going to actually bring us to Djibouti. They couldn't do it because then the press would have gotten to it. Right. So they made us. And this is funny. The way the, the airline works, like, if you catch a fly, if you catch a flight on, say, Tuesday and you miss it on Tuesday, you have to wait till next Monday. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So the day that they brought us up was the day that the flight. So we had to kind of like wait like a week to catch the commercial flight to get back to. Um, Did you, I'm going to bet you didn't do a lot of sightseeing in the week. <laughs> no, it was boring, boring as shit. Well, let's go back to Mogadishu and see what's down <laughs> there. Like but, nice but we never did make it to Mogadishu. <laughs> we got some really incredible, like, I was on a North Korean ship interviewing a captain of a North Korean Jesus, ship. Jesus, man. I mean, it was what's the name of the movie? We got to figure out the name. I am fascinated. Is it, but you have enough footage for the movie. Dude. Fascinating. Trust me. You gotta go All right, great. Some, What's your get website, Get some pickup shots in Somalia? I have a website, yeah. Okay, well, look. I'm going to definitely let you know. Everybody fuck with Prof. Yeah, come back. Movie. Come back. Not that anybody wouldn't it. fuck with it. Yeah, if you want to come back when the movie's out and, and, do, and yeah, yeah, promote yeah, it again, we'd love it. But uh, you on Twitter? No. Okay, well, Roz is, is still off the grid. He's still in the deserts of Somalia. I even used to be on Twitter, speak. but I got off. I'm going to go back on maybe another three months. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a perfect plan. I have no idea. Um, that's, uh, so all of your, your Fuji's taxes finally paid off. You paid your taxes, and then you got a fucking escort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to leave us with? What's Praz up to now? Yeah, I'm just, you know, just sitting here. Shooting this shit with you guys. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Are you coming to my show? Oh, the one that you. Yeah. You, the one. Your comedy show? Your yeah. stand up comedy show? What are you show? doing, stand up? <laughs> you gonna bless us? Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea Peretti. Do you know Chelsea? Yep. So, you know, how did it all happen? I mean, we all started talking about comedy and. Um, and somehow Proz said, uh, you know, yo, I'm going to do comedy. And you know how Chelsea is, dude. She's yeah. like, oh, are you? <laughs> she's yeah. all, she's, Chelsea has got a, a, a look that will embarrass yeah. you without saying a word. Yeah. Right. So um, so then we got to talking about Proz's comedy, stand-up comedy debut. And Proz, you believe that you're going to kill it, right? I don't know if I'm going to kill it, but I'm going to try to do my thing. I believe 
that you will do better than expected. I, I find that you, I'm going to bet that you Do you, you are see why that's very difficult for me to believe? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I believe that, that you... That's Chelsea Peretti stare to Doug. <laughs> uh, I believe that you are, you've exceeded my expectations. I didn't know you fucking went to Yale. I didn't know you were funny. I knew nothing about, okay. I knew, all I knew about you was like rumors and, and the score. All and I knew about you party. was what Suge Knight told me. <laughs> um... When you do your stand-up show, we will promote it on this show, and we'll all come down. And we'll so we're going to try to do it at the Laugh Factory? I think we were talking about the comedy store. She wanted me to go to comedy. I want to just go big, man. If I'm going to fall big, I'm going to fall big. If I'm a well, none of them are really bigger than the other. I mean, the Laugh Factory would be a good place. The Improv would be a good place. We'll hook you up. I want you at the store. Yeah, but that's a hard the store. The comedy, the comedy store. store. At the main room? No, just have them on Sunday and Monday at the OR. Yeah, we could get you on there for sure. And when we when you do, we'll promote the show. You promote the show. It'll be a sold. But I don't, but what, you don't want to like wait. You don't want to like maybe just do it anonymously, like just some not tell anybody. Like uh, on Skid Row. Well, she wants me. She wants me. The, the thing is, she said, "Listen, obviously." I think first of all, I think you found your next documentary. Listen, I, you know what I was saying to her is, listen. I mean, obviously, comedy is just a certain you know skill to it. You know, I don't right. profess to be like I'm a comedian. You know, but so it was kind of like a challenge. So I said, you know what? I think I can deliver. You know, certain. You know, I just gotta find what my 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 um. What my thing is going to be like, you know, some like like Dave Chappelle has his style, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, where like Richard probably has a style. What you if know? you were like Proz from the Fugees? <laughs> you did it like that. I like that. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good like call. That. Right? That's a good look for you. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, all right. Well, this was uh, a. Lo- this is Are you great. Come to the, to, to, to Son, come on. I'm right there. We're coming. <laughs> sure. I'm right there. You know I'm right We're there. We're coming. And you know what? I'll tell you this in closing. Uh, y- y- you're not going to be a, at as big of a disadvantage as a random person off the street deciding to do comedy if you really do it, which I'm still not convinced I'm, you're sincere. Listen, I'm, I'm being very serious. And I believe we'll do it. You know why I'm going to do it? Just to see. I mean, yeah. listen. I'm not trying to be a comedian. That's not my, 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 my career thing. But, you know, that's the good thing about when you have a platform to do things, right? Right. So, and I respect the art. And I'm not trying to take, listen, one thing, all you comedians don't have to worry about. I'm going to be the next Richard Pryor. I'm taking food off the oh, table. Oh, thank God. Guys. You know, and if, <laughs> the if relief I do, is palpable in the room yeah. right now. But you've never done it. And you're just going to try it. Never done it you're my whole go time. Cold, life. But what I, cold. But what I'm cold saying is. Into the Laugh Factory, cold. And she told me. No and, open and mics, I'm, just a. And I'm going to be straight. honorable. In the sense of like, I'm not gonna call any of my friends and get them to write anything for me. I'm gonna do it straight myself, write all my shit. So what I was saying was like, I think it'd be at a greater advantage than a random person off the street because you got performance uh, experience and you're a funny dude. But also, I was struck at dinner. And I thought I said this to I don't know if it was you, Neil. I was like, it's crazy. After talking, to you, I was like, that you people who are bi- who get famous for a thing. The, have a kind of energy that it's almost like you know I erotic. Want, it's almost erotic. No, yeah, I was like, yeah. Proz is like a like he's got this energy about him. Like I'm not surprised that's a famous MC because you got this kind of big, even though you're a laid back dude, you got this big kind of famous dude energy about you. You get used to people looking at you. Maybe that's what it is. But you gotta make motherfuckers laugh. Oh, you're not gonna have a fucking advantage. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. why don't you find out? We'll find out when Proz is ready to do stand up. But I'm going to do it. I think I'm looking. I'm shooting for June. So June, lady, you heard it here first. It's a camps exclusive. Uh, we June's, a a lot. Great, June's a great month for comedy. June is the it's best really yeah. month for comedy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this has been such a great conversation, Proz. Thank you for coming in, man. Thank, thank you, drop, thank you. Drop some shit, Doug. Twelve.